Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to BSH Radio. That's right, Broad Street Hockey Radio. My name is Bill Matz, and I am your director of fun and games for the evening. Uh, that'll be the last time you have to deal with that song. So if you fast forward, what? I mean, just, just for tonight. So, oh, like, yeah. you know, if you're down from that song, know that things can only get better because the Flyers are on a what? What's that? Uh, uh, woo! Five game winning streak. The Woos are five and zero. Oh, the Flyers are on that streak. And we're here to celebrate. Uh, let me introduce you to my panel for the evening. First and foremost, Charlie O'Connor. Oh, see, I was thinking I was going to be fourth, so I didn't think of something funny to say. I like to mix it up to keep everybody on their toes. You got me there. The fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle. I have a confession. Okay. I bought a Sidney Crosby t-shirt for someone as a gift, and I feel very dirty about it. Was it someone you don't like? No. Uh, finally, Stephalicious D. Steph Driver. I got NBC Sports to delete a tweet today. Nice. That was so impressive. I, I now own NBC and the NHL. Uh, Taylor, are we live right now? So this is the beginning of the uh, Bill Matz Hour on Wildfire Radio. Uh, <laughs> a full Run hour. Far away. <laughs> a full hour of me. That's great for all you listening. Oh, are you cutting all of us off? <laughs> Why and, don't you cut off Charlie? And, <laughs> yeah, Charlie's nice. Keep him out of this. Way nicer than the rest of us. Uh, I guess two hours. I guess it's the beginning of two hours. You you think that I'm not going to yell about sports? I've got a lot to yell about. (laughs) We're doing Festivus early. Airing of grievances on yelling about sports in an hour. Ooh, ooh, I like that, actually. If we do the feats of strength, can I pin Bill? Yeah, okay. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, (laughs) So the Flyers are on that five-game winning streak. Steve Mason is the NHL first star of the week. But we have to start with the news of the day. Uh, Taylor Lear recalled. Scott Lawton sent down Matt Reed out for four weeks. Uh, they didn't announce this until 6.30 tonight, Monday, so it, it took some time. People were wondering what the roster was going to look like. I just We all just kind of assumed when they didn't make a move this afternoon that Scott Lawton was going to step into uh, Matt Reed's place. Looks like Taylor Lear is going to be taking that spot. Flyers don't have an extra forward right now with Couturier and Gordon still on the shelf. What are we thinking about this lineup change? Real-life dreamboat, Taylor Lear. I was going to say, I have a feeling Stephanie's going to be very excited about he's this just, roster He's move. a doll. I adore him. And I think he's also a good hockey player. I was going to say, he's also quite good at the he's, sport he's, of hockey. Yeah, I, know, I know I got 50% off a Phantoms hat last year thanks Ooh. to his hat trick. So I love Taylor Lear. There you go. Uh, Charlie, he's going to kind of step into that Matt Reed role. That's why he was brought up? Yeah, I guess so. Um, he's he's a winger, so you, it makes sense that he's the guy they're going to slide right in, whether that's into line three or whether that's into line four, and they move up either either Lubimov or Vandevelde. Um one of the two, we can probably guess on who that's going to be, considering Dave Haxtell's <laughs> love of a certain player that went to a college that we all know very well. You're being very vague, Charlie. <laughs> very vague. He's trying not to say bad things. 
Five game winning streak. You can't complain too much. This is true. Well, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see how Lear does because he had you know a cup of coffee last year and he's gotten progressively better in the AHL. Um, this year he's almost at around a point per game pace, which is pretty awesome. Um, you know, for a mid round pick and a guy who last year, I think last year he was like finished without like forty points in seventy something games. So he's taken a step up, and you want to see how that translates. So it's exciting. Um, I don't know what Lear's ultimate upside is. I know a lot of people. I feel like a lot of people are were are high on Lear because Lear was a prospect for the Flyers before the Flyers got good prospects. So people still have this feeling of like, yeah. well, Taylor Lear's actually really good because you know, three years ago I was really high on him. It's like, okay, well, I still don't know if he's anything more than a bottom six guy in the NHL. Not to say that can't be useful, but you know, it's not a Travis Konechny or even like an Oscar Lindblom. So quick question, Charlie. Why do you think Lear over Wheel? I just don't know what they think about Wheel. Like, yeah. is Wheel playing center right now? Yeah. 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 I think so that might do it. The, yeah. I think we've, at least people who've watched Lear's game and seen what he is, he looks like the replacement for Matt Reed. Like, his role is yeah. third line winger, yeah. two way guy. A little bit more offense, maybe, than you expect from your generic third-line winger. But this is kind of his extended look now. Reed is out four weeks. You're hoping Taylor Lear can step in and play the role. You're thinking he's going to potentially t- play next year uh, if, if they end up moving Reed or he goes in the expansion draft or something. Uh, so I, I'm excited to see him hopefully step into what... I think he's going to be in that third line winger who is more useful than, you know, your typical bottom six guy. Uh, but these injuries, they're, they're starting to kind of pile up. Uh, Belmar went down but came back. Uh, Reed is out the four weeks. Couturier is. I can't remember. What was the timeline in Couturier's injury? When is he supposed to be back? Does anyone four know? To six. And it's been about two weeks. So oh, it's only been a, two weeks. About another four. It feels weeks. like it's been a month well, because it's it's a little rough watching this team without him. They've been winning, but it's not the best. The second the second play. line's taken a hit, and in uh, in sending Lawton down, they don't have an extra forward. Is Boyd Gordon expected back anytime soon? I totally every time I read Boyd Gordon's name, I go, oh yeah, he's on the team. <laughs> so he's still here. <laughs> kind of. We, we had a really long conversation about him today. Yeah. I, uh, was that I in just, Slack? Yeah, it yes. was in the Slack chat room. I there Can there be alerts when you're actually talking about the Flyers? Specifically the Flyers. Specifically <laughs> the Flyers. Go ahead, Charlie. The thing with Boy Gordon is that they're, by all accounts, he appears to be healthy. No one is confirming that. Because to confirm that he's healthy would mean that he would have to come off long-term IR, which they continue to stash him on. Because if they were to call up, call him up off long-term IR, then they'd have to make a decision to send somebody else down, which they don't seem to want to do. Somebody so, named Andrew McDonald. Well, well he's actually. starting. It might be Schultz. <laughs> like yeah. Schultz is, is clearly the eighth defenseman, so he might be the guy they would send down if they had to, and they'd be afraid somebody would just grab him off waivers just because he's a veteran presence or whatever. I don't think they want to do that. So they're just kind of stashing Gordon on long-term IR. And they, what they've probably told Gordon is that, look, even if we activate you, you're getting scratched. So just shut up, be the good soldier, and act like you're still not, quote-unquote, ready to play. And you'll get activated eventually when the roster, and it makes sense for you to do it. But, I mean, it is basically circumvention of the collective bargaining agreement it's just no well, one, flyers are great at that yeah they've i mean been, it's just no one's really they, willing to call them out they've on been this, circumventing but. the cba since like the, uh, the salary cap was installed well listen you need very clearly defined rules so that you know how you can get around them <laughs> and that's what they're doing that's steph's this motto is, actually it, it is because i i very much i need to know the rules about everything at all times so that i know what so i know can do to, to get around them. it yeah and it's still within the rules because you didn't tell me I couldn't. So, so is it fair? I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out there because I saw it on Twitter and I found it hilarious. Uh, they're on this winning streak without Couturier, so clearly he's overrated. I'm not even going to acknowledge <laughs> that. I actually wasn't I read done. It your thing too, and it was great. I, I wasn't done talking about Taylor Lear, so okay. I'm just going back for a second. They don't keep track of advanced stats in the AHL, right? Like, there's no way to really 
track. They don't keep that. track of oh. ice time. There's so there's there's, there's, there's a site that does um, that does kind of approximate what AHL stats are. Um, and then there's talk that some teams do it. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure Toronto does it with their uh, their pretty robust analytics department. I think they they take the Marlies pretty seriously in terms of how they're evaluating the players. But right. no, it's not nearly as like you know, it's not nearly as publicly available as it is in the NHL. Not not, not even close. So I can't even ask you whether Taylor Lear is expected to drive play like Matt Reed does. We we, just, we, we have no idea. Yeah, we just really don't know. Um, I mean, you hope so, but at the same time, can you really hope for that from a rookie? No, like, uh, yeah, I don't it's, know. It's hard. It's really, it is hard. It Maybe it's gonna yeah, be funsies I mean, finding out, right? Yeah, I mean the web the website that gives you some some idea is uh, prospect stats dot com, but they don't even really do like Corsi or anything like that. They basically look at like how many goals it basically turned plus minus into a goals for percentage which i mean isn't totally useless but sometimes a lot of times goals for percentage can be just like plus minus kind of misleading because your goalie may have just played like crap in front of you or whatnot so yeah uh, you know you just kind of got to wait and see with these guys that's why it's so hard to you know as a fan really know what you're going to get from these ahl kids just because i mean we don't watch them all the time right that's why i miss the team being in philly too. Yeah. so much you could just go and watch them i'm not sitting in traffic to go to allentown that's the drive home talk. is a nightmare is there a lot of traffic getting up there yes really conchi Oh, oh God, Tony! To tell you. <laughs> you don't have to tell me about that traffic. So, this is a uh, this is the Flyers' first five game winning streak since March. You're just of... trucking along. What? what, 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 what now would you I wanted like to, to talk, talk about, about Scott Lawton. He's just keeping the ball rolling. Yeah, I mean, that's that's okay. But talk about Scott Lawton. Uh, he doesn't play. He doesn't seem to be effective in the NHL. All right, thanks. We know this. I, I'm still something of a Lawton defender. Although it, I would like him to be it good. Seem like the Flyers are much of a Lawton defender. I would point. like him to be traded for something and then find his way on another team because he's never I going just, to find it here. I, I've never seen. I've tried to defend Scott Lawton, but I've never seen him do anything that was good. Well, there you go. I've just never seen any sustained like effectiveness the, from him. The only positive things that I've been able to say about him is that I really appreciate his serial killer face (laughs) Mm. um which he blocked me for (laughs) um that he's where a lot of it comes from by the way is the the blocking on Twitter right well F you Scott Lawton um he's a a, really (laughs) he's a good skater and he's got a good shot but he's never playing on a line where it makes sense for him to be a good skater and have a good shot um are you still blocked by jake oh no no jake never blocked me jake, oh i thought jake just did. basically jake just basically made me look awful on the entirety of twitter no he never blocked me really yeah i still don't know what got me blocked me neither i think it was just the woo stuff i think jake, i just was I know you're listening too much please unblock all of us all right. I, no, really i'm not like blocked you. jake jake has not blocked me yet <sighs> Yeah. So the Flyers are on their first uh, five-game winning streak since March of 2014 with some good wins in there. Uh, Boston, Ottawa, Chicago, Nashville. These aren't awful teams that they're beating up on. And uh, you made, you make a good po- – who wrote this? Uh, Chris Vandevelde with four with points in four of his last five. What if everyone we hate is good now? Uh, you brought up Andrew McDonald. Well, I said it looks like they would demote him, but he's starting and playing well with Provorov is, is – is Andrew McDonald like good? Yeah, what's is that happening? What we're seeing? Charlie, what's happening? Please help us. Our Joe, <laughs> our Joe wrote a letter to him and it instilled his confidence that's and that's all that he just needed needed an injection of confidence. He needed to it. know that somebody out there believed in him. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay, let's let's Was start. it a handwritten letter like mm-hmm. Nelson yes. Aguilar was I, I was thinking the Chase Utley letter personally, okay. but, <laughs> but me let, neither. Let's let's rewind the clock back about a month. <laughs> and let's go to a conversation uh, that may have been a bit animated between Bill and Steph, where Bill was saying the goalies are bad, and Steph was saying the goalies are not bad, they're just playing bad. Let's flip that. Andrew McDonald is not good, but he's playing good. <laughs> I was listening to okay. last week's show before I came here, and we were all destroying Andrew McDonald. <laughs> and I'm like laying stuff out, I'm like... We're going to have a segment where we have to talk about him playing well. But, like, we can't... 
you can't ignore when a good player is playing bad, but you also can't have that change your opinion as long as there's a short time period of your overall opinion of the player. And it's the same thing when a player with a bad track record is playing good. You should be happy that they're playing good. You should relish in the fact that they're playing good. But you really shouldn't expect that a good week of results means that he's now turned the corner is going to stay good. Like, let's enjoy this, but let's not necessarily think that Andrew McDonald is now a great defenseman or even a good defenseman. So... If we were dealing with someone who was not Dave Haxtell, do you think that you would pull him out of the lineup when the time comes still? Or or do you think he's going to stick around just because he's playing well? Well, I, he stuck around even when he was playing bad. So That's what I, I mean. So I a, imagine he's going to stick around I'm trying to take Haxtell out of the equation. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, Manning wasn't playing that well before he got the concussion. I probably would still keep McDonald over Schultz, especially now that McDonald's playing better than he was mm-hmm. before. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not like Schultz is playing that well, but you know, if I had to choose between Manning and McDonald, I'm, I think Manning's a better defenseman. I'm not sure. But I, I've, I mean, I wrote an article last year. It was it was right after it was right after Delzato went down, and basically what I had advocated for was that you have Manning and McDonald alternate as the six, and you basically play the matchups. You, you play a guy... Um, What I had theorized was that Manning's better in the neutral zone, McDonald's better in the defensive zone, so you you play that depending upon, like, what type of team you're playing against, and you play by the strengths of the defenseman. I'd still be cool with that. I'd still be cool with them flip-flopping Manning. And that's a fine—when you have five good defensemen, that's a fine thing to do with your six-slash-seven guys. Like, I have no problem with playing matchups in that way. Uh, You mentioned Steve Mason seems to have turned the corner. He has turned the corner in— relatively crazy fashion uh, went from being the worst goalie in the NHL to uh, first star of the week pretty quickly uh, 4-0 with a 945 save percentage in his last four games uh, his, his overall save percentage is up to 904 which jumped like five points over the weekend You said, I think you said Charlie like that's insane yeah he's playing well uh, Neuvert was supposed to skate today have we seen the last of Stolars then Stolars <laughs> Um, I even wrote it like phonetically, like I capitalized. Said, yeah, Stowe. you did. Um, probably not. Just, I mean, Steve Mason's gonna need a day off, even though he was saying a lot today that he he likes being the number one guy. He likes being the workhorse, um, which I love. I love that attitude out of him. Yeah. The problem when and when he's gotten that opportunity, he plays really well, but he also then will get hurt. And then yep. you're throwing in either Stolarz or Neuvert with basically no work in the last, you know, four or five weeks. Yeah. That's kind of like a, a just a luck thing, though. Marty Biron, I think, recently was talking about how he doesn't think that goalies need rest near as much as we like to pretend that they do. I, I do like to hear the ex-goalies' opinions because they, I think that they obviously have a better grasp on what it takes to be a professional-level goalie than we do. But... The game has changed a little but I, bit. But so I've well, seen yeah. I've seen a guy like like Mason just have an injury history. Like, yeah, that, there's that's one thing concern. I know from yeah. watching sports: it's that guys who get hurt a lot get hurt a lot. Like, it's yeah. it's not a thing. Like, it, it's luck. Yes, everyone you know, everyone is at injury risk. But mm-hmm. some guys are just on IR more than others, and Mason gets banged up. So uh, I wish they could just go, you're our goalie, and that's the way it is. So Well, I think that they've done that. Yeah, but when Neuvert comes back, does it stay that way? Yeah, I think so. Unless Mason starts struggling again, and then it's back open. But at this point, yeah, if Neuvert came back tomorrow and they activated him, because it's fairly close. It seems like he's only about like a week away at most. They um, said mid-December, and that's yeah, we're a about week, week and a half a away. away yeah. I would assume that even if Neuvert could play tomorrow, that uh, that Mason would still roll with the job until he struggles because he just looks so good recently. And Paxel worked so hard to get one guy to yeah. finally, you know, take the job. He's not going to just pull it away from. Him. It's not going to be like Lucy with the football. Well, here's hoping. I don't <laughs> I mean, know what's going to happen. It's Dave Haxtell, so you never know. You never know. What are you doing, Dave? But uh, I, I think that. Intuition says we'll see Stolars at least one more time, but maybe I'm I'm making that up. Well, they have a back to back this weekend, oh. so that might be a chance for Stolars to play in one of those games. Mm. I think they play 
Dallas and who's the yeah. other game? I was just I just had like... the schedule open in front of me too. Uh, all right, yeah, it's Dallas and somebody, and I could see Stolars having one of those games. Red Wings, if Red Wings, okay, yeah, Red Wings might be better because they're not exactly that good. Dallas, even though they're not playing well, at least has offensive fire. Yeah, they have guys who can embarrass you. Yeah. Um, so, Ivan Provorov, we were talking about Andrew McDonald. Uh, Ivan Provorov, Charlie, you put in, uh, I think, your, uh, your, your 10 observations from the last game was that he is the number one defenseman now. Well, it was more of like a, is he the number one defenseman, not he is. Well, they're yeah, using... We've got to get the order right here. They're using him <laughs> as the number one shutdown guy, and uh, he's kind of killing it. He's doing well. No, this is. It's been really exciting, as a, like to watch Provorov, especially over the past couple of weeks as a Flyers fan, because he has been absolutely killing it in in every way. And it was so nice to see that uh, that Chicago game, just because like the opponent was perfect. It was Chicago, and how many times did we hear about that game and about how bad he was and how awful and you know it was against a big team. It's been the blemish on his it resume to this minus point. Minus 5 yeah. and like of course the everybody cares so much about plus minus in this city. Um <laughs> but uh but it was awesome to see him just shake that off and have his big offensive breakout against them. Because in all honesty, that offensive breakout could have came any game the past two weeks like he's been shooting a lot he's been taking good shots they just haven't been going in and this time you know two of his shots just happen to go in the net and that's great but the timing was just so perfect it was so perfect and it's great you know just to look at his like mentality because he didn't have a great play in that first period like he got knocked into nick cousins and fell down and then they score and if you're 19 years old if you're 30 years old and you're remembering just a month and a half ago, you got killed by this team, and then that's how the game starts. It's like, oh shit, is this happening again? And then he goes out there the next 55 minutes of the game and just dominates. And he's matched up with uh, Kane, Panarin, and Anisimov, the the line that just destroyed him in that last Chicago game. And, and just, he took it over and finally had that breakout moment. What does it say about Dave Haxtell that he wasn't afraid to use him in that way paired with Andrew McDonald? I don't know if I've got a great answer for that because I've spent a lot of time over the past few weeks ripping Dave Haxtell <laughs> and his decisions. Um, may, maybe it means that he's confident in, in Provorov. Maybe it means he's not confident in the rest of the defensemen. Or maybe it's about Andrew McDonald. I don't know. Because... Uh- you could see they had a they had Provorov with Gudis before Gudis got sick. What do we have an update on on Gud? He's just he's ill. Just, he's just sick. He's just ill. Yeah, he probably has the flu. Like okay, that's Charlie sucks. did it. <laughs> Charlie cut everybody. <laughs> All right. Uh, now, and it, I think it also has a lot to do with Dave Haxtell's decision making in that his uh, his number one defenseman from last year, Michael Delzato, hasn't been good, at least defensively, at all. He's had, he's had a bizarre season, or at least a bizarre start. It's weird. It's not over. Like, you're talking about a guy who is scoring at 5-on-5 five five better than any defenseman in the league. And he, granted, he I, I, I don't think that's uh, that sustainable, but it's, he's doing it. Like, he's scoring a ton. But then when he gets to the defensive zone, it's 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 a disaster. Like, I mean, you describe it as doing the starfish, and he is. He's doing it, like, all the time. <laughs> he he just, did it on the on the first period goal when Proveroff knocked into Cousins. He did the whole flopping around on the ice thing. And it's like, dude, just stay on your feet and play defense. <laughs> the entire defense, uh, like, drops to the ice more than any team I've ever seen. I'm not going to say go down because that just became a huge joke on Twitter when I was trying to make a J- point. Jamie Venn? Yeah. What? <laughs> but, <laughs> but, like, he, like, the entire defense drops to the ice far too often. But Michael Delzato seems to do it on every defensive possession. And like a minute and a half too early. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, just takes himself out of the play completely what, he's flopping I around on the ice. Is like He plays defense like me in NHL 16. It's <laughs> my go-to I, move. I just can't understand the strategy in taking yourself out of the play. There are times when you need to go to the ice, take away the bottom of the net, take away a pass, whatever. But... If they they know you're doing it at this point. Everybody is watching you just dive every yeah. time. And he doesn't do it in a way that he can get himself like back in the play. He sells out and falls onto his back half the time. <laughs> that like that is not you're not going to be successful trying to defend in that in that fashion. 
I just it would be you know it would be it would be one thing if his bad defensive play was coming because he was taking chances in the offensive zone and then he was getting burned on the rush. Like that would be one thing because that I could at least get. I could make the connection of like, okay, well, part of the reason why he's scoring so much is because he's taking too many chances and then they're coming back the other way and scoring. But like He's doing a lot of things right in the offensive zone. And then completely separate from that, he's doing a lot of things wrong in the defensive zone. Like These two things are not connected. It's that on one side, he's awesome, and on one side, he's awful. And like a lot of times, you can connect it by neutral zone play, but that's not the problem. It's just like in a third of the ice, Michael Delzato has been a total dumpster fire, and I don't know what he has to do to get back to where he was last year when he was pretty good. That's that's the crazy part is that we all saw his what we thought to be development last year in the defensive zone and said, now this is that first round pick that you know everyone uh, everyone thought he was when the Rangers got him, uh, and he's just totally reverted back to the guy who seems disinterested in the defensive zone, if not disinterested, completely incompetent. He was playing pretty well earlier in this season, wasn't he? It's like his, his first few games, yeah. he looked pretty good, and then it just kind of all went to shit. Hmm. So I don't know. Very but curious. he's got eight points all at even strength. He's not getting uh, pretty much any power play time unless they, they bump some things around. I, I can't explain what's going on with Michael Delzato. Steph's just shrugging I, at I, I, that's, that's all I got, because <laughs> I, I think I may have mentioned, maybe on another podcast for Broad Street Hockey, that... um. Maybe last year was the outlier. He was an average defenseman playing well. I'd love to see him prove me wrong because he's still young, but I don't know. I've never seen a guy... I've never seen a guy have their outlier year the year before their contract season. <laughs> Wasn't guys, very good timing, huh? Guys, no. uh, guys always overperform this year. Like when you're coming up on UFA yeah. status, not when you just got the deal. At the same time, though, he is scoring. So, like, There's, you, get, you get contracts for scoring a lot yeah, of points. Yes. So, I mean... Yeah, he's been a mess defensively, but if he score, keeps scoring at a crazy level, he's probably going to get that money. And who knows? Maybe it comes from Las Vegas because they want to, you know, he's one of the few defensemen oh out God. there that might actually go there. Delzato in Las Vegas. Yeah, I know, right? That's that, great. Oh, wow. <sighs> that have to follow something. on the Instagram. <laughs> I hope they get Mike Richards, too. Oh, God. Is he playing? Not at the moment. I don't think no, he's, he's in the league side. right now. No. That's yeah. what I thought. Um, I want to move to the offense now. Uh, Braden Shen is the second line center. Uh, Nick Cousins didn't work out. He just, he just, just it just wasn't good. Uh, he's, I don't think he's a second line forward. No, he, no, that's that's not who he is. But uh, what 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 have we seen out of Braden Shen since his uh, promotion? I guess back to the top six. Not a lot. I, I was gonna say he, <laughs> he had that nice goal. Better. He did have a goal. That was that was nice. <laughs> that's. Really, all the comments that I had. he should get the puck up on edge more often. If if that's the only way he can shelf it, that's what he should he should try knuckle puck. That was more. that was a a really good shot, and that was a play that that give and go rush that he died with connecting was a play that Nick Cousins could never dream of making. Full stop. Now, the, <laughs> now, now to me, getting really frustrated with the way Braden Shen has played this year, like whatever line he is on is worse because he is on it and it's just this isn't this isn't getting fixed now granted i don't think it's necessarily his fault this time because not only is he he's he's not he's not a center like i know he did win like 73% of his faceoffs the other night because <laughs> that's all that matters for, for a centerman <laughs> possession baby <laughs> but like i get why they did it they did it because cousins wasn't working out at second at second line center Belmar isn't really even a three C. <laughs> oh my god! So Imagine Rodney, if they, they did that. Like, please don't bump him up to second line center. And they're like, okay, well, I guess we got to try Shen. He was a last resort, which makes sense. But you're taking a guy who's already struggling to drive play, and then you're putting him in a position that make that you have to do more in order to drive play. Like this wasn't going to work from a play driving standpoint. The only thing that was going to help was them scoring, which they did. As Steph said, they got mm-hmm. the goal, but. So far in the three games at second line center, they've had a 45.83% score adjusted Corsi. That's negative 10.6 relative to the teammates. So basically when Shen's on the ice with that line, 
flyer the the flyers are at 45 percent when shen's on the bench with a line the rest of the team is hitting 55 percent. so huge gap and they're getting burnt in expected goals they're below 40 percent. like it just sucks because couturier was pushing that line to play driving you know not even respectability like they were doing really well and, they were dominant yeah and now the line is kind of floundering and granted Voracek isn't on it so that that helps but like it's hurting Konechny because he's just not spending as much time in the offensive zone because they're not there that much. And that's that's a real that's a bummer because that guy's so electric in that oh, zone. Like I, I just want him so much. I would I would watch him in the offensive zone for sixty minutes. I would watch him practice. Like I would. <laughs> well, just, you know, you can do that. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not in the morning. Oh, fair. I'm not going to wake up to watch him practice. I mean, like at seven. You know, I, I'd go watch him during in the evening at, at a game yes, time. I understand. Yes. I get it now. 7 a.m. doesn't even exist to me, Steph. Like, that's not even... <laughs> 7 a.m. apparently doesn't exist to me either. <laughs> but who would, who else would you have put there? Uh, that Other that's than Raffle, that's problem. the biggest issue. And speaking of Raffle, uh, he is... Uh, I'm in ba- love with him, too. He's back on the left wing one, his, his spot from two years ago, and it seems to be really working out. Yeah, that line just works. It's really they, well. They really have some chemistry, mm-hmm. and it's it's three guys they, who all kind of complement each other. And uh, t- when they were together it was two years ago, I guess I looked at it like I, obviously they're not the Legion of Doom. That was that was I mean Leclerc and Lindros, amazing. But uh, you have a guy like Renberg who wasn't a superstar on that line, but what he was was a little things guy. Just a guy who was going to go in the corner and win his battles and forecheck like crazy and then get to the net because the other two guys are going to set you up pretty well. And that's exactly what's happening with Raffle right now. And he's scoring a little. That move the other night was sweet. Oh my if God, Braden Shen so could good. try that move every now and then, like I, that's been my, one of my biggest issues with Shen. Is if he's going to be an offense only player, I-, I want him to like make full use of his abilities. Shen's a big guy. Get to the net. Use your ass. Box out. And I don't care if you truck the goalie and take a penalty. Just go there and put it in the defensive's mind because then they'll shade that way, and then you can wrap around and set up for a goal on the other side. Uh, it, 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 it he's frustrating to no end, and that's what I'm really liking out of Raffle <laughs> is that he does those little things that he's supposed to do. Well, I think Raffle is bigger than Shen, um, but I, that doesn't. He's not wider. Uh, he might. Be. I don't. I don't. Is this a fat Shen joke? That's the other one. No, he's not fat. He's, uh, I said this on a a previous podcast I used to be on. He's got a thick trunk. Who Shen or Braden Raffle? Shen. I giggity. I think that Michael Raffle's a lot bigger than you give him credit for. Like I think he's kind of a beefy dude too. Which the broadcasts were were just fangirling over him and and what it what it took for him to score that goal and they're like and you don't understand the core strength it takes and not just his legs but the core and the abs <laughs> and I'm like what am I listening to right now um I I I think that people are starting to see what Michael Raffle can bring to the table and and something I I said really to myself the other day that people who love hockey don't really appreciate Michael Raffle, but people who understand hockey do, which may be splitting hairs and also offending a lot of people. But I think that the other... Thank you for that. I need I needed it in my ears so bad. Um, but I, I, you know, I like Michael Raffle. I don't remember what question I was supposed to be answering. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Good stuff. Michael Raffle is the anti-Braden Shen. Oh, I, I, I did not realize this until like hmm. about two minutes ago, but he is. I and maybe even not this year because Raffle's actually scoring. But like, if you think about it, what do we always say about Braden Shen? Like, well, you know, he's a scorer. He doesn't really drive play. You know, maybe not the greatest hockey IQ in the world, but like he knows how to put the puck in the net. He has, you know, his good one time or whatnot. And what do we always say about Raffle? Well, you know, he does all the little. He things, does everything. Right? But he score. wins the battles, yeah. but you know, maybe doesn't have the the best hands in the world. It doesn't have this like nose for the net. They're like they're like polar opposites. And <laughs> I would take Michael Raffle. Every I I, I think Michael Raffle is a better hockey player than Braden Shen. And, I, and to be quite frank, I don't think it's particularly close. And I think it's fantastic that the Flyers have him on a much cheaper deal than they have Braden Shen. Now, when when you look at these Drew and Voracek numbers with Raffle and with Shen, it's unbelievable. <laughs> like with Shen, they're like you know at a what forty eight percent possession and 
close to 55 with Raffle. Like that's a you know that's a negative to positive difference. It's he's making an obvious difference, and it's no surprise that line is good all of a sudden. They're carrying the team even as these injuries pile up. Well, Giroux is still not scoring even strength goals at home. So, so how, 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 really how count. a three on three goal counts as even strength, I think. No, so, well, it is even strength. Yeah. Not five v five. So <laughs> we just resigned ourselves then that we have a super overpaid third line center. Is that just what we live in I, now? No, no, a super overpaid third line winger. Winger, winger. Okay. <laughs> winger. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's uh, but he's going to get his points on the power play. Like that's you basically have a third line winger at a talent level that can also Which contribute a lot on the power play. Brings up my so. next question: uh, Should Raffle be getting consideration on the power play? Or Konechny. Yes. To the second one. Because I realize that this group is really good. They've been good for a while. They have the second-ranked power play in the league. I think they're two two for five versus Nashville after a cold stretch, which we said they're going to have. They were two for 22 in the previous six games, which is when I kind of started saying, let me get Konechny in there. Because, uh, yeah, I just Why think it gives you more... are you to mess with a good thing? Because yeah. I want more options. I think Konechny gives you more options. But they're already ranked number two. Why are you trying to mess with what is working? You're either first or last. Oh, my That's God. That's the thing. I would like to see it, but it's kind of hard to make yes. the argument that you should make any kind of adjustment to And it. I That's fully understand one. that. Yeah. I just... I look at how Ghost hasn't been what he was last year, and I look at the Ghost, Voracek, Shen little triangle at the top right side and think, if they could all switch, if they could all do each other's jobs, and Shen shouldn't be along the half board, Shen shouldn't be up at the point, so you can't do those things. But if you have Konechny, Voracek, and Ghost all kind of moving around and creating other release points for each other, and I just think it creates more options for everybody. So I'll I'll give you two reasons why I don't think they should make a change. Okay. The first reason is, and this is this is more like an like an optimization of the power play thing. One of the big reasons why, and one of the more like under the radar reasons why the Flyers power play works works as well as, as it does is because of the handedness of the players. It's perfectly set up to get the fastest one timers possible because you have Drew with the with, Drew's a righty shot, and then with Drew's passing to Shen, who's a lefty shot. It's faster than if he's a righty shot to get a one-timer off because he's going to make contact with the puck quicker as a lefty shot going from a righty pass because it's coming from the left side where he is. Konechny's a righty shot. It takes a little bit longer for the puck to get there, and while it may not seem like a lot, if a goalie's trying to move from the side of the, the you know the post to the middle of the ice to square up the square up the shooter, it's just a fraction of a second gives him just a little bit more time. Now, Raffle is also a lefty shot, but does he have the same shot that Shen does? I don't think so. So you want to make sure that you're still, you want to make sure that you're optimizing the power play from a hand in the standpoint. The second reason is a little bit more long-term thinking. I kind of want them to explore trading Braden Shen, mm. if not this year I in, the, in the offseason. This makes me very excited. And if you remove him from the power play, He's not now his points much. totals aren't now his point totals are going to tank and then he's not going to have any value at all. Mm. So I almost want to keep him on that power play just so his value around the league doesn't go down so that you can move him. Okay, I, I yeah. That's the most logical explanation to me because the one time like that that little one-time play that they ran when Hartnell was there worked really well. Braden Shen, like it seems to be the play they use the least, but it still works. They, oh, get, they get it off, and he yeah, scores. Yeah, sometimes. It, it definitely can work. I just, I think, uh, I, I don't know. I just think you could make other things work better with Konechny there. But the uh, getting something, if anything, out of Braden Shen, he has to be on the power play. And if you were to take Travis Konechny off the second power play and put Shen there, it, it, he's. Mm-hmm. It, it, no. Who's creating the chances yeah. for Shen? Because he needs somebody to create the chances for him. There's no way that they leave him open for Vegas, right? No, because he still has value. Yeah, like they they would. You don't want to lose him for nothing. nothing. Exactly. Yeah. I, I well thought Charlie. that as I said it out loud, or <laughs> as I asked I actually the had the thought when we were when I was asking, like, are we just going to have an overpaid third liner? And I thought to myself, well, they can't just let him go for nothing. That's crazy, pants. Yeah. Yeah. Because he can score 20, 26 goals right. in this league, which somebody will want him for yeah, something. Sure, uh, you know. I, I just I think that this season, you know, I'm a Braden Shen defender probably until I die. But it it hasn't been a good season for him. 
but I think that he's he's just playing poorly. I don't think he's a bad player. Yeah, he can definitely play better. I, I 100% agree that, like, I 100% agree that Shen is better than what he's shown this year. I also, He has to be. He has he, to He's be. also a second-half kind of player, True. too. And he might he might bounce back. And I mean, crap, if Andrew McDonald can bounce back, <laughs> then anybody can bounce back. But, uh, yeah, he's... I mean, Shen is better than this, but what is he... What is his ceiling, really? He's probably a second-line winger that's a power play specialist. That's if he's playing his best. And even then... He wasn't really driving play last year. Like, he was break-even, but he wasn't mm. driving it. So, if you say last year is his ceiling, and you put him on a team that doesn't have an amazing power play, like, what is he, a you know, 45, 50-point guy? It's not bad. Not bad. It's not amazing. No, and it's not It's something... not somebody that you need. No, and it's not something you, you want to invest twenty million dollars and over you know four or five years that's that straps you to that prevents you from being able to make other moves which is a lot he's of people's the least of their problems not, no. not at this moment he's not and he's the least of their contract problems after this year is he well, I mean, McDonald. Andrew McDonald yeah. for the rest of all time. Okay, but Six other years. you said the least. Very like uh, no, he it's it's McDonald and then okay. and then Shen. That's well, those uh, those are their contract issues no, moving forward. Uh, Dale Weiss is worse than Braden Shen. That's true because he does can't nothing, really do anything. Yeah, well, he, but he, he makes half of what he, he makes half of what Braden Shen makes. Yeah, but this, for this, a while. Yeah, I mean, this is what it comes down to with Shen. If if this year Shen is what we can expect for the next four, then yeah, it's a major problem. If Shen splits the difference between this year and last year, then. You know, it's not a contract you're in love with, but it's not one that's going to bury you. So if he is, let's say, a 23-goal, 45-point guy, what kind of, like, what kind of return are you looking at then? You're probably looking at, you know, it's not something I would love to be paying him, but it's not killing you. Okay. Oh, you mean in a trade? Yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 you mean in a trade? I think you were talking about, like, how are you looking at the contract? No, just you brought up the explore trading him. I want to know what we're getting for him. Um, I hate I hate that question. Yeah, so I hate hard. doing hypotheticals okay. like that. Drew Doughty. I, I think Drew Doughty, I, I, in I, my I, opinion, should have I, I would say like a comparable was maybe like a lesser TJ Oshi, and TJ Oshi got Brower back, but like they but like St. Louis really liked Brower. Like mm-hmm. they thought of him as like yeah. almost like a le- like a mini Wayne Simmons almost like a power forward they needed. So yeah, you could get value for him. I think if you wanted to trade him, I don't think the Flyers necessarily want to trade him yet. Mm. I think that could change in the off season if this continues. Okay, uh, Kelly, did you add these uh, these hackstall quotes from the Sportsnet? I did. The Sportsnet? I transcribed them. Excellent. Well Thanks. done. Uh, well, first of all, I have to I have to remind all of you that NHL fan voting is open for the All Star Game, and we have to get Wayne Simmons into this All Star Game. Yeah. You say remind like you ever said this on the show. It's our duty. I've been tweeting it nonstop, and now I'm reminding. No, you. No, I know, and you're retweeting it yourself yeah, from that's the Broad right. Street Hockey Radio. Don't give me passwords to things if you don't like what I do on Twitter. I don't At know. At least it's. How else to explain this? I'm I'm kidding. NHL.com slash vote. Vote for Wayne Simmons. And I have a deal with a a Tampa blogger. They're going to vote for Wayne Simmons if you vote for Nikita Kucherov. Oh, I would would hands down vote for Nikita Kucherov. He's on my fantasy team and he gets me so many points. Let's get Wayne Simmons in. He played in L.A. They traded him to us as a throw-in. Let's send him back to the city that gave him to us and show him, ah, this is what you're missing out on, L.A. With your two cups. Yeah. (laughs) We have Wayne Simmons. We don't need your cups. But these hacks... I would like some cups. This this hack stole... One would be fine. Yeah, we have. Yeah, we got two in the seventies. Well, I'd like one. I was. I wasn't alive. (laughs) Neither was I. I want to be alive. You weren't Kelly. Oh, uh, William. Uh, Taylor, cut off his mic. He's done here. You're fired I from just, this uh, podcast. I, Simmons basically won them the game the other night uh, with, with a great tip and then an awesome play on that spin move. I, I just love him to death. I want to give him a big old hug. Uh, I, I love him playing with Konechny, too. He's a, he's a great bodyguard for Travis Konechny. I want to hug Travis really Konechny and then like carry him around in my backpack. You know who I don't love Wayne Simmons playing with? Who? Braden Shea. <laughs> They're not a good... <laughs> They're, they're, they're not, not. No, but that's not, not a good pairing. No, you, it's, not. It's, it's, it's. I just don't well, like them they're, together. They're kind of similar-ish players, and and having them with Konechny, who is not a similar player, just it's not benefiting any of them. 
But uh, I, I, I especially like this Hackstall quote on Simmons. Uh, what you see is what you get. I mean, you got a guy, I think, around the league. He's not only respected, he's got that edge. You do not he brings a little Simmons. F- he brings a little fear. Full 200-foot player, great in front of the net on the power play. Top four penalty killer. In terms of his five-on-five game, he's reliable in every area and such a fierce competitor. Has quietly become one of our best leaders. I don't think that's quiet, though. I mean, he's an assistant captain, right? Yeah, and he's... <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I guess I, sure I just I'm kind of like that assumed that was one of those like in-the-room things yeah. that we're not really privy to, that maybe he wasn't a vocal guy and now he's a vocal guy. I don't, I don't know, but... I mean, it was a nice... It's nice to hear. He's oh, definitely, yeah. like... And I'm just solely going by like things he said on the record. Like he's definitely become more vocal over his tenure as a flyer. Like versus when he got here to this year and last year. Like he's willing to speak up. And you know what? There was a void of that. You know, willing to speak up and call not not necessarily call individual people out, but like say, "Hey guys, we played like crap," and say it to the media. There was a void after after chemo left. Because definitely, because I was just chemo say was that it was guy. Chemo who did that? I mean, three or four times a year, you go down there, and chemo would just be like, "This was pathetic. I'm embarrassed." And like, like, damn. And you knew that everyone in the locker room heard that. That like, oh, chemo team, and it's ripping us. We got to get real here. And Simmons is kind of taking on that role, which is neat. And like as. I don't um, don't take this as I'm ripping Claude Giroux as a captain because he's a fine captain and I think that stuff's overrated. You have a leadership group and everybody kind of plays their role. Giroux leads by example, plays his ass off every single night. But Simmons is obviously like a guy who has earned the letter on his sweater purely through the way he plays the game and represents his team every single night. And he's growing into that vocal leadership role. Giroux is a guy who sits down in front of the media and says exactly what he is supposed to say every single night. And having come up under the captains he came up under, Chris Pronger, who uh, had a contentious... Uh, relationship with the media and Mike Richards <laughs> who was nice. just Mike Richards who was just a dick and would be like nah it's a stupid go. question uh, I, Mike I love I loved Mike I Richards when he was here I'll hear nothing bad about Mike <laughs> I loved Mike Richards when he was here I did turn on him after they got killed in that Boston series and he said nah I'm not talking and just took a vacation like I kind of got to say something after you get swept by Boston but uh, I, I, there definitely was a void and we talked about Mason making comments last week and I think Mason and Simmons have kind of been those guys who speak up. It's weird for a goalie to be the ones who speak up, but I think those two have kind of filled that role recently. And Jake just says whatever. He's great. Jake is fantastic. Um, I don't don't know if it's weird that Mason necessarily is saying comments that are very honest. Um, I think it's strange any time a goalie says anything. Oh, well... (laughs) They are human beings. Sure. Kind of. <laughs> sort of. Kind of. <laughs> I think they're like kickers. They're just kind of there. Mm, I think that a goalie is pretty important. Yeah, you, you would never hear, uh, you'd never hear, you know, what Peyton Manning's saying, you're a drunk idiot goalie. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Drunk idiot goalie got liquored up and just said some stupid stuff. That would be awesome if somebody said that about their goalie. Like, <laughs> Yager just comes out and was like, freaking Luongo got all bombed last night. Like, what am I supposed to do? I think, though, if it were any goalie in the league that you could say that about, it would be Luongo. Yeah, Luongo probably get a kick it. out of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he'd be like, yeah, we're in Vegas. You think I'm not going to go out and party? <laughs> I think, I think Allen Iverson said that once. They had a game in Miami, and he was like all hung over at the shoot around and he was like we're in South Beach you expect me not to go out last night when they (laughs) that was great uh there's there's also a a hackstall quote about Travis Konechny uh why don't why don't you give me some of that why don't you give me some of that Kelly some of that voice all right NPR voice okay uh so hackstall had to say about Konechny uh he's a dynamic talent outstanding raw ability very competitive young man who carries himself very well he handles the ups and downs really well on the ice, wants to make a difference every shift. I love the confidence he has in doing that. And that's, I mean, that's what we all love about him. Yeah. Uh, I, I, this is, I think, complimenting his confidence is one of the most important things you can do. He had a bit of a scoring slump for a bit, had that sweet assist on uh, 
on the Shen goal yeah. to set it up. But he he's noticeable on every shift. He's it's so clear he's trying to make a difference because he does. Yeah, uh, getting bogged down in the defensive zone a bit too much because. He's on a line that's going to get stuck there at Braden Shen. Oh, this all comes back to Braden Shen. Oh no! I what hate, have we done? Have I, we unlocked something here? I, I think I hate we, how we much I've him. turned on him recently. We want him to be better. Like, yeah, that's the thing. And yeah, and, and I think really, and I mean, I spent a lot of time on this podcast and I complaining about Braden Shen, but like, <laughs> it comes from a, a place of like we've seen him play better than this. We expect like, more. Like what? How angry can you really get? At like a Chris Vandevelde, like no, and that's just Chris oh, Vandevelde. Like that, I can like get that's mad. Your, well, no, we're, get, we're more you mad, mad at, at them. Yeah, I get mad at the coach for playing, but like that's you don't true. get mad at a guy like that because it's like this is just him. Like he's just Chris Vandevelde. He's a fourth line plug in, some guy. But when you watch <laughs> Braden Shen and you remember how good he was in the second half of last year, it's like. What are you doing? You're so much better than this, and you're just kind of floating around. And that's why you get frustrated with him, because you know he's better than what he's shown. And you're just like, dude, this, at some point this is going to click, right? Like, you're going you're gonna to flip a switch and be good again, right? Right? And so far it just hasn't happened. And that, like, I'll, uh, I'll pay you real-life American dollars if you ask him that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I wish I could write Charlie's locker room questions. Like, He'd be I, thrown out. Real-life Broad American Street Hockey dollars. gets their press credential yeah. pulled. <laughs> <laughs> you can, you can put my name on your badge. Yeah, uh, Send like, me in there one game. And I think that's where, when questions. we were talking about the ghost scratch and the raffle scratch, like, the raffle one was just silly. But, like, when uh, ghost... Like, like, the ghost one wasn't silly. No, but, Asinine. When you're trying Very. to send a message to the locker room, like I said at the time, when you scratch Chris Vandevelde, no one bats an eye at it because he doesn't, you know, what? what's the difference? Chris Vandevelde is, you know, player X. <laughs> and that's all. <laughs> He's class pet. Did you, did you see uh, the... Uh, Probably a couple fans from Dallas ordered jerseys online and forgot to delete like the the <laughs> default and just got like your name or last oh, name. <laughs> like that's Chris Vandevelde. But when you take <laughs> what? that's how do you make that comparison? That's who Chris Vandevelde is. Just whatever. He is, a yeah. guy with a jersey. And hey, this guy can skate. <laughs> oh, but God. when you scratch a ghost, everyone goes, "Oh shit!" Shane Gossespierre not in the lineup. And hey, they're playing pretty well since all that happened. Okay. Speaking of playing well, I gotta just ask this because I have, I have, uh, how in the hell is Columbus fourteen five and four? They're ahead. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do with that. They're team. ahead of the Flyers Black and Magic the Capitals in the Metropolitan Division. I don't understand what's going on. Sam Gagne scored his ninth goal in the uh, in the first period of the game tonight. He's got fourteen points in twenty three games. Oh, so we broke Sam Gagne. He had he had. Yeah. 16 points in 53 last year. What is up with that team? When will they fall apart? Because it's got to be soon. I yeah, can't allow John happen. Tortorella to be good. No, it's got to have soon. that. <laughs> Charlie's, Charlie's coming. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm speechless. I, I I went on a rant about this on Twitter before the game last night. Like, I don't know. I just I don't know because there's. It's a different story when like a team that has shown potential gets good, and you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And not to say Columbus doesn't have you know young talent. I mean, Alex Wenberg has been a real breakout player this year, and he's a first round pick from I think three or four years ago. Like he's a guy you expect to become good. He was t- taken the first half of the first round of his year. Like these are guys with talent. But then you have like John Tortorella hasn't delivered good results for a team since like 2012, and then you have like Jack Johnson who's been like. A joke in advanced stat circles for years. You didn't laugh at my better together joke on Twitter, and that made me sad. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but, like, the, the, the thing he's been remembered is oh, he was the guy that Columbus was able, or that LA was able to dump off on Columbus in the Jeff Carter to trade. To get Jeff Carter. That allowed, yeah. that allowed Columbus to lose two trades in one calendar year with Jeff Carter involved in it. They like, lost the Jeff Carter trade twice. <laughs> I think Gagne just had another goal, by the way. Just so he's got 10 goals. He had yeah. eight for the Flyers last year in 53 games. This is game 23 for him. But, like, you have, you have Torts coaching well, you have Jack Johnson driving play at like a 58% Corsi, which is unreal. Gagne at least had a good finish the last year, so maybe and Zach Wierenski is their out. ghost. Yeah, and Wierenski's like, great. He's killing. Like it. he's he's awesome. So they have pieces, but like I don't know. It just it's just it's weird when people who you previously thought were bad like out of nowhere become good again, and then you have to just kind of take it on faith that oh they're good. Like do I really think Torts is 
miraculously become a great coach again back to where he was like in the Tampa days. I mean, it's possible. I don't know if I buy it. But I, I my only explanation was he was he was all prepared to change his game and like alter it to the way the NHL is played now and not play caveman hockey the way he did at the end uh, with the Rangers. Like all like, you know, all of a sudden the Rangers can play cuz he's not there. Like and <laughs> Colum- or, uh, Vancouver was just a dumpster fire without him. And then Team USA. I believe Oh, don't oh, talk oh, to me about Team I, USA. I, I, ju- I believe John Tortorella used the World Cup to troll the entire hockey world. No. And then like, no, actually, I figured out how to coach. I was just screwing with you with that. No. Team Isn't USA that, is plagued was? by terrible coaches. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Between so Tortorella I time, and, and, and terrible GM. Like the whole, who, I can't even get Who was the I one can't. for the, oh God, this Bilesma. is a, thank you. Like, Oof. I just couldn't remember his name for the life of me. Maybe I, I finally blocked out that memory. Oh, Team USA needs some better coaches. Like Lavi. As a head coach, not an assistant coach, which he has been. That's Or Sullivan, even though it pains me to say it. I mean, Charles. No, we're not doing that. They had Biosma already. They don't get another one. (laughs) (laughs) They don't get another one. Sullivan is, he's a hell of a coach. Stop it. Stop it. Because uh, I'm about, I I got (laughs) to delete their tweet today. NBC. Uh, I'll wait and see. Uh, Give me three seasons of Sullivan and then I'll tell you if he's a good coach. Ah. I'm pretty. I'm no, pretty I'm not admitting it yet. I'm pretty sold. I mean, I, I thought. I thought coming for the person who bought a Sidney hey. Crosby jersey oh. in the last week. I thought that that was a cancered group that couldn't be turned around, and it turned out they just didn't have a good coach for a little while, which is interesting. Um, they I just. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, Kelly, go ahead. No, I was just going to whine about the Penguins. I could go on all night. It's not good content. I, I just wanted to do the feel-good story from this weekend Ooh. with... Ah, uh, the Temple Kid? The Temple Kid. Yeah. Eric, I love this. Yeah, I love it. Eric Semborski, who works at the Flyers Skate, skate Zone in Voorhees, um, was there working on Saturday, um, got pulled aside by someone who works for the Flyers, who started asking him like a bunch of questions... And he asked, he answered them, was like, why are you asking this? And How drunk did you get last Was then, <laughs> well, no, it was, where did you play hockey? What's your playing history? And then was just like, oh, Chicago needs a goalie, so go home, get your stuff, they're going to use you. And he lives in Maniunk. It says here that he got from Voorhees to Maniunk to Philadelphia in an hour. That sounds like magic. They had, had a helicopter? It had to be a helicopter. Like, I can't, I can't imagine. Well, they teleported well, him. Let, let's put it this way. If, if somebody told you that you were going to be playing in the NHL, how fast would you be driving? I'm like, I don't even need my stuff. Well, I'd, I mean, I'd be, I'd be in the shoulder the whole way going, going 100 miles an hour. Um, uh, that but was on really top, cool. On top of it all, it was his dad's birthday. Yeah. So he was calling his dad saying... I'm going to play for the Blackhawks or I'm going to be on the bench being the yeah. backup goalie. And his dad didn't believe him. So he had to tell him three times. And then his dad went to the game. His quote, I, he had a, that quote that really just made me laugh hysterically about how he's a Flyers fan every day. But today, <laughs> except for that day. He said they, the Blackhawks broke my heart in 2010, but yeah. that's, that's over today. Right. Yeah. Just, just today. Ah, so so you like, mean- that's a real, real cute story. So the Blackhawks, the way that that happened is they had to use somebody who didn't have any Pro experience. They needed an amateur tryout player because exactly. they have zero percent cap room. Yeah. Which also means he didn't get paid for for all that he did. Those jerseys got, are expensive. Well, they, he uh, did, did he get, get to keep the jersey? Because I I, it was actually to. Crawford. I'm sure, he got to keep the jersey. So, did, you, did you notice the number? Yeah, it was, it was Crawford. It was Crawford's, Crawford's, Crawford's jersey. They crudely pasted his name yeah, on top I of Crawford's patch. Yeah, yeah like. they, he said he got a few autographed pucks, a Blackhawks hat, and a promise that they will send him a jersey. No, <laughs> they're gonna send. He doesn't even go. get to keep that one. Yeah, and then his quote: "I signed some stuff when I came in, but I don't know what that was." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, it's just, like that's such a feel. They fine story. him for missing a team meeting next week. Like. <laughs> well, they say he he got there at twelve thirty. It was a one o'clock yeah. game, so they he said that everyone was was ripping him a little bit for being late, saying that they're not going to fine him. But how ridiculous would that be to just like walk into a pro locker room, and be like, "Hey guys, I'm here." <laughs> <laughs> Big gulps, huh? Well, see you later. Like that's the post game yeah, talk. Right? Like uh, that 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 was absolutely awesome. Yeah, that's, I'm, that's the feel good story for I'm this glad. week. I'm and glad. the Flyers are on a winning streak. 
it, it's fun. It's it's great how fun these shows can be when they just win, even right? though we spent half of it ripping Braden Shen because well, sometimes you need to. Yeah, you need something to complain it about. Works in this for city. Andrew McDonald's. So now we're just going to make Braden Shen better. It's what we do here. It's true. And, and you know, Claude Giroux was ignited last week because I was playing against him in fantasy hockey. Well, of course, and he got engaged. And he got engaged. Yeah. That rock. That, that, that happened during our show. That happened right? during the show. That's, I was I was listening today. I was like, oh yeah, Steph was just like, Claude Drew got engaged <laughs> right it's now. Like, oh right, yeah. Steph doesn't actually listen. She's reading Twitter when when I'm talking. Well, sometimes I'm reading articles like right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh look at that, nine thirty. That is all the time we have for you on Broad Street Hockey. Oh, let me try. Broad Street Hockey. That is all the time we have for you on Broad Street Hockey Radio this week. Uh, if you're listening on SoundCloud, that's awesome. Keep that up. If you're listening on iTunes, why haven't you written us a review yet? Give us five stars, you lazy bum. He's really saying, please, we would appreciate it. No, you much. can't ask these people anything. You have no, to demand you can't. it. I you can. have to demand it from them. We respectfully request. Let that them you know who's in charge. I'm saying, please write us We're a five. Nice people. <laughs> write us a five star review, or I'm gonna come through your laptop and beat you up. Except for that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie battled the flu to be here. Yeah, with Charlie us today. did battle the flu. Uh, thanks all for being here. Thank you for listening, and have a great week, Philly. I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.